Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dinkle and I weren't planning on recording this, but we suddenly are now. Because, well, um, I'll sit nearer to you then, because you won't hear me for the next. Right. It's a, We're yeah. just on the phone. We haven't got our microphones and whatnot. Um, Stick it on there. Yeah. It's um, it's something that that it, basically this is all about the lockdown files, okay? This is all about what's come out in the WhatsApp messages since Isabel Oakshot released them and broke the NDA. Um, okay, so is there a part of me that is thinking, "I told you so"? Yeah, there is massively. Yeah, there, yeah, but I don't I, like people who do that. But there is massively. Yeah, there is, there is, and that that that's what that's what angers me when I'm reading these things, is the is is the, well, just the the aggression uh, actually that I saw towards you when you had your views, even from the very beginning, and I I just it, this these these this leak has infuriated me, but as well as that, there's a there's a part of me that feels that this is the time for me to be able to say what you went through and how you were resilient and, 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 and had everything, you know, all, everything was out on the table with you and you shared these things and you got a lot of grief from people and it's, and it's, it was, it's unforgivable. And honestly, I feel, I was funny today. I feel, I feel angry about it. I mean, and let's be honest, you know, in the early days, Lincoln, it caused, you know, arguments between us because and 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 let me just say to the people listening that 
that wasn't because you weren't on my side. It was because as my as my husband and my main protector and my main ally in life, you were you were very worried about about me. Yes. You were worried about how it was going to affect me mentally. Yeah. Because I was so committed to it. And you were worried about how the reaction was going to affect me. And um, you were worried about whether I was going to lose work because of it. And let me let me say to people, I, I, I've, I've, I've touched on my COVID situation views over the, you know, well, for years, and certainly in this podcast. But... I can only describe the origins of my commitment and my politis, politis, I don't know what the word is, I can't think of it, politicization as someone who would never put their head above the parapet politically particularly. And it was when people talk about having a religious calling or they talk about being a teacher is a calling or they talk about being a policeman is a calling. You know, I mean, could you say that acting is a calling? I, 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 I guess so. But I have never felt a political calling that I did like the COVID situation. And it was never, ever to do with doubting that COVID was a serious virus. And I want to make that very clear. Yeah. It was never about that. I never said those words. People called me a COVID minimizer. And denier. They called me a denier. Would you a denier? Oh no. Well, Piers Morgan called me a denier. Oh, yeah, but that. that, that but other people, people did, did call well, me a deni- denier. Yeah. Piers Morgan publicly called me a denier, and he had a very big, a, a very big, big voice, and that's unforgivable. But I don't really, you know, you know my feelings about him, um, and he's done the biggest U-turn in the in the in the history. It's quite laughable. But um, mine was never about denying COVID. It was never about minimising COVID. What it was about was knowing that there was propaganda going on to frighten us. It has now been proved in the WhatsApp messages where Matt Hancock, and people think I've got this one-man tirade against Matt Hancock. He was the fucking health secretary. He was the boss of this, you know, before Boris Johnson. Um, and... um and it's got it's got very little to do with him subsequently breaking the rules. It's got very little to do with him subsequently breaking breaking the rules. That's just the utter hypocrisy that stank and ran rife throughout this whole situation. But for me, it was I saw a nation, I saw a world plunged into I saw a world plunged into utter fear and terror. And I saw our own family and uh, and your mother, who believed every single word that the BBC said, oh, no. you know, no. and ITV said, because because and they were following the science. I talked to that's what they said. I talked to people, Lincoln, as you know, on a WhatsApp group at the time, who were all people who shared my particular views about the fact that we were being. Um, that we were being led by a nudge unit and we were being 
um, led by people who wanted us frightened into submission. And they actually frightened us as a nation and as a world. But I'm talking specifically about the United Kingdom. They, they frightened us into submission without three days. It was one of the easiest things that they ever did. And what I could not believe is how people went along with this without questioning. Yeah. I wasn't saying they were wrong and I was right. I was saying, ask the fucking questions. Why are you just blindly going along with this? You know, and, and also because I was on this WhatsApp group, because I'd made my views clear and I, I'm being woolly about what my views were. Okay. It started, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it within context now. The, the, the time I absolutely was convinced of that there was f foul play was the bridges. I think I even mentioned this on last week's podcast, was when people were denied, they were denied the opportunity to go to funerals, to give their, their husband, wife, sister, brother, daughter, son of 50 years a proper send-off because they were told that they would kill everybody if they did. And therefore, people were watching their loved ones being buried on a video screen while maybe two people in masks were, were stood by the, the graveside or in the crematorium. Meanwhile, on Westminster Bridge, outside Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, I apologise if I'm repeating myself on this, but it's important. You know, I remember seeing something from Hertfordshire Police on Twitter and it and it and it showed um all of the nurses and and stuff outside the hospital on a Thursday night when we were clapping for carers. It showed people who'd brought bottles of wine down. It showed people who were coming down with their children. It, it showed was a full blown party. It was a full blown party. It showed it showed people who'd brought brought a karaoke machine down and was singing outside. Similarly happening in 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 South Shields. Similarly happening in 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 wherever it was around the country. But I remember specifically seeing Hertfordshire Police putting out a tweet saying, basically, great time tonight celebrating our wonderful NHS. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? We had been told to stand at our doors and clap and bang a pan, but suddenly, on a Thursday night, COVID went out the window. So those people who were saying, you know, there's dead bodies falling out the hospitals, and I know that there that there was in some circumstances. How was it that the nurses could come out unmasked, go go back in mass, put their mask on, and carry on with life? But because it was because it was building up the NHS, which had been struggling for years, I just thought, hang on a minute, I've got a sense of what this government are doing. They are so desperate to be able to blame the NHS failings on COVID, on this one illness, that it is in their best interest, in their best interest to allow us to big up the NHS, even in this most hypocritical way where us minions are told to stand and bang a pot. But because it's about the NHS, Thursdays are allowed to become a fucking carnival. And I remember one Thursday night when, again, people had been threatened with arrest if they approached their their relatives in a crematorium situation. Two sons went to look after their grieving mother and it still makes me so angry, Lincoln. You know, sometimes no, I don't want to talk disgusting. about it. Because, it's disgusting. It because is it unbelievable. Makes, it makes me so angry. No. What I What I felt about it and I couldn't understand 
that what I was trying to say was, can't you see that on this Thursday night at the time, I said, and I said this on Loose Women and I, and I did say it openly and I was allowed to say it and I got a lot of support from it because I'd actually vocalised something that a lot of people were thinking. And, and it was that, you know, Cressida Dick, the head of the police, was out there clapping, surrounded by loads of people coming back, you know, come out to the bridge to celebrate. You had the police in a great big line of, of police cars with the sirens blaring. You had the fire engines with the sirens blaring. You had the ambulances with the fire blaring. This is not a criticism of them, per se. They all do wonderful, wonderful work, of course. But it was the government of thinking, how are you letting this happen week after week after week? If this was the serious illness to everybody, then all these people are going to die who are on the bridge, surely, because they might have COVID. Yeah, I know. So why, why didn't was, you sign it at the time? So how how, at the how time. was it possible that these people weren't all going to die? Yep. How was it possible that no masks were ever worn in Downing Street? And the thing is, I knew these things, um, Lincoln, as well, because of my views, because of my passion and my preparedness to put my head above the parapet for no other reason than to say to people, please don't be as frightened about this as them trying to make you out. People were literally locking themselves away from family. People went two years or a year without seeing anybody because they thought that if they touched somebody, they would die of COVID. Now, we all know that many of the deaths um, from COVID were with COVID, Okay, mm. there was massive, massive spread within the hospitals because they couldn't control it. They yeah. never were able to cope with MRSA, which was the other thing that was going around hospitals. So, and also, I, there are I, I, I'm, I'm jumping because I get so passionate about it. There were so many lies told. Okay, I was on a WhatsApp group with doctors, with epidemiologists, with virologists. Now. On Twitter, people would go, oh, yes, of course you are, Professor Welsh, you yeah. fucking COVID denier. Saw it all the time. I would show you mm. when I had had a conversation with, say, for example, Dr. Raghid Ali. I'm going to mention his name because I did talk a lot to him about it. Yeah. Now, he was, um, he was a pro-vaccine advocate, but he was also very aware of the propaganda that was going on. And what I'm glad about is that it has come out that Boris Johnson was talking regularly to Raghid Ali and to Carl Hennigan people who were saying this hysteria has got to stop who, who these people that you're using for modeling at sage these people like neil ferguson the fucking guy right who invented lockdown and weeks later shipped his own married mistress into shagger well where was her where was where was why was that okay to do and all of these things were happening. And I couldn't understand why logical, sensible people, friends of ours, mm. relatives of ours, were looking on me with disdain. Yes, they were. You know, and that I should be doing exactly what the other people were doing and I should be accepting. And the other thing that got me was people of the left, and I'm historically of the left, I'm a Labour supporter, always have been, I've never voted Tory in my life, right? And... But I've never felt so personally affected by anything. Mm. But the, the fact is that what I couldn't understand is that people of the left, who I knew that historically hated the Tories, the one thing they were accepting without question was anything about COVID. 
So they would question anything that Boris Johnson or any of the Tories did. But at those nightly conferences, they were there with their fucking handmaid's tail outfits on, going along totally and utterly with everything. And the other thing that got me, and I'll never fucking forgive people for this as well, is that the amount of people, the amount of blue tick people who privately supported everything I said and did, yes, I know. but would never once put their heads above I the parapet. I, I saw it. I would show you private Twitter messages from people. Yeah, celebrities. Celebrities. People with a voice. Yeah, with a voice. Who didn't say anything. Anything. And people who would say to me, have you seen this, Denise? Wanting me to put wanting it out Wanting you there. to put it out. And not only did yeah. they not say anything, yeah. they would actually say things to the contrary about it. I know they would. Towing the party line. I know they would. I had people on Twitter say, propaganda how dare you use 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 that word i knew that we had to look after certain factors of of of, of our loved ones i was aware of that like we do with pneumonia like we do with all sorts of things yeah. i was aware of it but i knew from the people i spoke to on 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 our on our private whatsapp group and I wouldn't even care if that WhatsApp group got leaked because this was just all of us sharing information and stories and experiences that we'd gone through. Yeah. There was someone on there, I'm not going to mention any names, there was someone on there who was very connected to Westminster who was telling me, you know, that, that these Downing Streets par parties, they weren't just parties, but basically gathering in rooms and everything had gone on throughout Downing Street from the day one without, day a, one. Mask, day without one. a mask worn. So my point was mm. I didn't believe in mask wearing because I'd heard from people that I respect. Did, that masks didn't make any any difference. Certainly not the cotton masks that people were trying to make a fortune off selling. And the normal masks, the blue masks, which it says on the side of the bloody box, these don't work for viruses. But anyway, never mind. I was never going to die on the mask hill. Um, the only thing about about the mask thing that got me was that if you were that people would scowl at you if you weren't wearing a mask, but they'd be wearing theirs around their fucking chin. You know, the chin-wearing mask people that it goes on to this to this day. This and, day. And those masks, those masks not worn properly were as much use as a chocolate fire guard as regards you not um, getting COVID or spreading COVID. And yet what they were done was they were forced on our children in schools, mm. which was an appalling situation. I found wearing a mask the most close. I, I have, um, I have, you know, asthma and I have, I have had breathing difficulties in the past. And I found wearing a mask the most horrendous situation. And I knew the children did. There was one of my, um, sister's friends, um, kids said that he didn't know when he moved schools. He didn't know what the people in his class looked like for a year yeah, because he never saw the smiles yeah. that's about communication people are scarred by that and 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 i knew that matt hancock was a charlatan i knew that he was a he was a narcissist i knew that he cared nothing about his own except his own career and rising up the ladder he loved every fucking minute of it he and should there be, it is. he should be in jail yes he should be and therefore yet again when he went in the jungle and i said to people god you've got short oh. memories i was vilified and told that you know how could i not move on and forget and the main thing it was is when people started to say well you had an affair you're a hypocrite yes i did have an affair. I had more than one an affair. I've admitted that yes. in my autobiography. My marriage, 
was not good and 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 we should have ended it and we didn't. Thank God we've remained friends and we're very good friends with Tim. And I don't want to go down that road, but the fact is it wasn't about Matt Hancock having an affair. I didn't care who he had an affair with. It was so little interest to me. It was the fact that he, and now you can all see it, gloated at the fact that you weren't allowed to be with your lover and you weren't about to, allowed to be with your mother and you weren't allowed to be with your dad who was going to die very soon and you weren't allowed to go in an ambulance with your dad but he was with his lover and and during the times that they allowed football matches to start could no one see that this made no sense that you were allowed to go to the football but I couldn't go in an ambulance with my 84 year old terrified vulnerable father I wasn't allowed to see him in Durham hospital for three weeks when he was so desperately on FaceTime not understanding what was going on because they were all so busy with different things in the hospital. Even though they told me there was no COVID in Durham Hospital at that time, they couldn't let me see my dad. And yet what was happening was his, his um, what do you call them, the urinary infections that you get that make your cognitive skills go when he started to go a little bit. Yeah, and, he couldn't. and that was because he wasn't being checked enough because everything was just about fucking COVID and everything else was being ignored. And you knew that if you'd been in that hospital, you would have realised sat by your dad that your dad was dehydrated, that your dad was losing his cognitive skills and he wasn't talking properly. And you would know to say, I want to have his, his urine, he needs to have a urine test today. But look at it all, look at it all now. Look at the way that all of this backlog, these people that with all of these illnesses and, and, you know, it's just with cancer and everything. So it's everything. But it was so so obvious, Lincoln. It was so obvious that if you make the world COVID centric, that other people are going to die as a result. And the whole thing about the lockdown situation was that Tedros Adhanom, who was the head of the World Health Organization, okay, Mm. we got the idea to go into lockdown from China, right? Yes. Now, before China, before that province came out of lockdown for the first time, that Tedros guy from the World Health Organization was saying what a wonderful success um, lockdown was. And I was thinking, you don't know if it's a success or not because they're not out of lockdown yet. But my frustration was, how does nobody else see this? Why are we locking down a healthy nation? Quarantine is something that quarantine is when you lock down the sick, right? Mm. You never lock down a healthy population. Okay, I was a great believer. And again, people say, well, how would you have done it? I'm not saying it was easy, but people to me should have listened more to Sunetra Gupta, to Carl Hennigan. They should have listened to people who put forward the great um, Barrington Declaration. Yes, there were holes in that. I understand it. But COVID was only ever going to be a mild illness to the majority of people. And that became evident early on but by this time the power of the control had got too great and it was easy to shepherd us all along as sheep um by by um by the, by the terror and the fear and if my, if i hadn't been with my dad with my family when he died because the nurses broke rules to let us all be there i would have never ever ever gotten over it and you can hear that i still haven't gotten over yeah him being poorly well, during covid the nurses have sent you many 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 messages 
Well, I'm your, actually your we're, voice, your I'm, voice in that time. You I'm know? wearing a, a, med- a medallion at the moment with an engraving of my dad on it. Yeah, um, which was sent to me just last week. Oh, and an NHS nurse said we couldn't speak out at the time, but thank you for your voice. You know, there were people that I saying I was against the NHS. I couldn't have been it. more in support of the NHS. I've seen all the messages. Um, the NHS nurses themselves were lied to when my dad was in the um, was in. Uh, uh, D- Durham Hospital, and 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 at one point Durham had was not allowed any visitors at all. Then he went to the Freeman Hospital, where he was allowed one visitor. Okay, and um and the nurses in Durham had been told that no hospitals had visiting. Mm. Yeah. Then, I remember, yeah, I remember. Do you remember? Yes. And and her saying, well, what do you mean the Freemans got visiting? We yeah. were told that nobody had visiting, and I said, you're being lied to. Yeah. You've got to do your own research outside of here yeah. because you're being lied to within yeah. this hospital. And, you know, and as I say, I don't have a lot of time for Boris Johnson, but it, but it, but I did say at the time, and, 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 I, and, and it is now evident, that Boris Johnson did want to listen to the other sides of the argument. You know, when he was told by Yanil Ferguson's that 4,000 people were, a day were going to die, it's like, where where were these statistics coming from? The other thing that happened was one of the doctors who I, who I, who you know who I'm talking about, who was a um, head of an IC unit in um, the Midlands, that's all I'm going to say. I physically spoke to him one day on the phone about something. And he said to me, I am going to tell you this. He said, I have just had to listen to the chief executive of this hospital tell the BBC News that a 29-year-old patient in this hospital has just died of COVID. And he said, that's a complete lie. That is a complete lie. And I was privy to this information and I was sharing it with you mm. and I was getting myself in a state. Yeah. You can see the state I'm getting in now. Um during this time as well, what was hard on us as a family um, to the people listening is that we had a stalker. The fact that we had a stalker is public knowledge now. He's he's in jail. He got a seven-year sentence. He committed arson at our house as well. But this caused a problem at the time with Lincoln and I because we didn't know and we still don't why this guy targeted us. And Lincoln was concerned for the safety of me and our family was that, that this guy was you know, um, had issues and it was because of my COVID, you know, my COVID restriction views. It could have been because of that, because it was making people mad on either side of the argument. Yeah. And um, going, you know, and then and then we've got Matt Hancock, who who goes on fucking I'm a celebrity and gets 400 grand, right? 400 grand. 400 grand. And then last week he's parading in a Newcastle shirt, you know, a a shirt that he promised that he was going to get signed and donate to charity, which he didn't. And then the other week he turns up and the audience are fucking dancing on ice. What is going on? What's going on with these channels putting him out there, giving him the the airtime? You know, this. I got infuriated when I read this. It says, we... Frighten the pants off everyone. This is a WhatsApp message from Hancock. Say it again. Sorry, it's a WhatsApp message. We frighten the pants off everyone with the new strain. How dare he write that? Yeah, but then then the other guy who is, I believe, his... his PR person, yeah, right, obviously, yeah. The other person, the other person, uh, Damien Poole, says, "Yes, that's what will get proper proper behaviour change." And Matt Hancock says, "When do we deploy the new variant?" 
when do we deploy the new variant? Like that's his, you know, so now we, we don't know what was going on there. This is what I mean. It's, it's, it's like when Omicron came out, and I know I'm talking as a layperson. I am a layperson. I don't profess to have any medical knowledge. But when Omicron came out, and suddenly the, the, the sage people were saying, you know, oh, my God, this is the worst one yet. We're all going to die again. South Africa president was sitting there going, hang on a minute. No, it's not. No, it's absolutely not. Omicron might have been a contagious variant, but it certainly wasn't the most lethal variant. And the other thing that Hancock and his like say in these WhatsApp messages is that they knew early on that the people in most danger of a severe outcome from COVID, right, were the old, mm -hmm. average age still 82, mm -hmm. and the obese. Yeah. You tell me what health drive ever happened with telling people to try and limit their calorie intake per day. Well, lose right? weight, lose weight. Yeah, lose there weight. was absolutely yeah. nothing. Now, obviously, people were traumatised. There are. We know that people need help with emotional eating. I understand that. I work for a company called Lighter Life, which is about helping people lose weight safely and changing their relationship with food. So I am the first person to have empathy and sympathy with those people who have become obese, right? In, in the general world, not just through COVID. But apart from one short-lived visit to hospital by Boris Johnson, who was poorly with COVID, um, um, and he came out and said, oh, you know, my weight was obviously a problem and a contributing factor, and I'm going to get, you know, when we saw him running outside his flat three or four times, and then that was Oh, yeah, the when, he jump, when he jumps out of his car and oh, runs God, like 100 when, yards. And then, and yeah. then we see him, uh, the, the, he, yeah, it's a bit like with the mask. It's all theatre. All, the, all COVID theatre. Theatre, theatre, theatre. Everything was COVID theatre. The mask, we've, we've all of us, right, we've all of us, whichever, whichever side of the narrative you're on, we've all of us seen the compilation tapes of the masks, you know, oh, shit, oh, shit, the politicians get the masks on soon as the cameras are down the masks come off except that they're often not bright enough to see that the cameras aren't fucking down that they're going to be become a meme on twitter but we've seen it a million times before total and utter hypocrisy and and i and many many others and the thing is where my standing came from was because I have been a mental health advocate for 34 years since my son Matthew was born. I've done, you know this, you know, um, just in case nobody does, I suffered from severe postnatal depression and have continued to have um, periodic episodes of massive, awful, major depressive disorder. Thankfully, since September 2009, I haven't had one. No, Nobody knows why, but I'm just grateful. 2019. That 2019. Um, and so basically, that's when I started speaking out and trying to help those others and certainly people who don't have a voice with mental health issues. So I could see that a mental health tsunami was going to happen. Mental health has always been the poor relation of physical health as regards how we view it, how we discuss it, how we treat it. And this was only going to make it worse. And now the amount of suicides that happened because of this fucking propaganda, okay, I was I was labelled an anti-vaxxer. Again, vaccines were never the hill I was going to die on. Um, and I never, ever, ever did any anti-vax um, straight at all. No. All I've ever was against was mandates. Once we knew the transmission 
was just the same whether you were vaccinated or not. The whole mandate issue was over. How dare you mandate those vaccines for people who choose not to have one? How dare you not even hear the story of of a friend of mine? Well, he became, you know, an acquaintance of mine. Someone that used to live near my dad, Gareth Eve, whose wife was the BBC news reporter who died at 44 years old after receiving the first AstraZeneca AstraZeneca vaccine. Every restaurant we go in, they the first thing they say before you've even asked for a glass of water is, have you got any allergies? Have you got any allergies? Nobody asked a fucking thing about that. So the fact is, you know, I did get vaccinated and and that was my that was my choice. Gareth Eve did and, and, and Lisa Eve did what they were told to do. She had the vaccine and she died from it. And all he has wanted is some recognition of that. He didn't even become an anti-vaxxer after it. That stupid word. My, my children had every single vaccination. I would still have them vaccinated. Well, they're grown up now. It's their choice. But, I, you know, if I had young children, I would still recommend they're vaccinated about things that become a life or death situation. But when something like COVID, which has a 98% survival rate, you know, that's when I started to question things. Again, I questioned everything. Yes, you questioned That's everything. That's all I did. That's I questioned did. everything. That's what you did. And I only ever asked people to ask the questions, but we were silenced and we were put into great one big, great big metaphorical pen with this horrible arrows pointing down at us as, you know, murderers. And, and, and it was it was a bloody horrible time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. We love hearing your comments. So if you listen to this podcast, I'd love it if you could leave a little review at the end of it, because it really does help us get it out and push it forward. I'm loving doing it. And from the responses, you're enjoying listening to it. So if you can leave a little review, I'd be really grateful. Thank you. I just I think is how can how can any channel 
anywhere give Matt Hancock a voice on anything ever again. Well, this is what I ever feel. again, this ever again. Feel. And I will. He's say a criminal. This, and I will say. And I will say this because I, you know, the one thing I will say about um about you know. Um, decisions at the channel I work a lot for at ITV was certainly the show that I work on because obviously different departments have different bosses and it works very differently. On Loose Women, I have never been asked not to say anything because I was always incredibly well um, researched. Um, I, I, I always, ca I always came with proof. If ever I said I have spoken to a virologist or a psychologist or an epidemiologist or or a, or an ICU doctor, I would go to the producers as I did with you, Lincoln, and say before I say anything because I know that I'll be slagged off on on fucking Twitter. Is that this is the the dialogue? Here you go. Here's the dialogue I've had with this person. There's the proof of who they are, and on we go. Um, I remember um, sitting on the desk at Loose Women with about half an hour to going live and a friend of mine was working on um, on an ambulance series in the northeast and he called me and he had a paramedic there and the paramedic was in tears because they had just been yet again to um, attend yet another suicide in the northeast and this paramedic said to me, Denise, what is happening is it is not COVID that's causing the problem in this hospital right now. I'm not saying it wasn't previously. He said it's not COVID right now. It's the COVID protocol that's causing the problems. That's why we've got the lineup of ambulances here. That's why people aren't going to their GP because the GPs are, are not seeing people. No. Mine was. Mine was brilliant. That was a postcode lottery as well as to how you're, you know, my friend who's a GP, she had a backdoor policy. So that she knew that if she didn't continue to do smear tests for people, that yeah. that would be game over to some of those people. And she she was told that she couldn't do that, and she bloody well broke the rules, and she did it, you know. And um, and this is the situation we're in now, and so it's. But you know, you have people, Lincoln, who stuck their heels in, and they were never, ever, ever going to do anything but go with that narrative. And also, living like that did please a lot of people. Some people loved the fact that there was, you know, we were all in a lockdown situation. Nobody was going to work. Nobody was posting on Instagram. That suited their lifestyle perfectly, yeah, well. you know. And, um, and, and of course, you know, COVID will be here to stay now. I've had COVID twice. I've got, a, I've got an element of long COVID, you know. I've, I, I used to have vertigo very, very sporadically. I now have vertigo pretty much all the time. I don't luckily have it when I'm walking around. Yeah. But I have it every time I go to, you know, to yeah. bed at night. I have it every time I wake in the night and turn. And that's been purely as a, as a result of COVID. I have a very close relative who is who is still poorly after after, after three years. But there has always been post-viral con conditions. I, you know, the fact that I'm suffering from having had the the, the virus a, a bit more long term than one would hope doesn't mean that I take anything back of what I I said. No. Um. So, for someone who, when you said, I think you should talk about how you feel, said, I don't want to. I've never shut up for thirty-three minutes. Thirty-three minutes. But yeah. that's. I'm, I'm glad you have. I'm glad you have because I've, you know, you've 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 always had a very, you know, valid point on everything, and I wanted you to share it. And where should you share it? You should share it on your podcast, on your media stream. No one's going to tell you you can't say it. You can say it. That's what I wanted you to do. Yeah. And I'm glad you did it. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are glad you did it. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, I I I know uh, to to you listeners that it's kind of been very jumpy, but because I can only speak from my heart. Yeah, you do. You know, and I never ever ever profess to be medically qualified ever, and that's why I was never told that I couldn't say anything on mainstream channels because I was always well researched and I always came with the facts, and um and as well as the criticism I got, and dear God, you know, I continue to have that to this day. Um, I I had so much support as well. A lot of it's silent support. Yeah. But I did, you know, I appreciate those those people who did who did su- support support my um my voice. Um and you know, but the other thing it the other thing it 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 was very confusing and upsetting for me to, politically because I've always been of the left, you know, and and therefore, a lot of my COVID restriction views were aligning with people from the right. Mm. And I started to be very confused as to who was I and what did I think and what were my principles and did a little look. As, as my COVID days are, um, have become, you know, much less, I've realized that, that with many of the people that I shared those views with, I share no other views with at all. So I know that my leaning is still to the left. Mm. But I think the left have a lot to learn also with the fact that, you know, Keir Starmer would have had us in lockdown for longer. So he never he never fought for our freedoms either when he damn well knew. No, he, he damn well knew what the... I know you'd say that. You know, well. know, he absolutely damn well knew the situation as well. Um. So, you know, he was just everything the, Tory, the Tories did. He, You know, the usual thing of, you know, couldn't they have just worked together more? The other thing as well was that I remember Dr. Rosanna Allen Khan, a doctor um, and broadcaster that I became um, acquainted with. And we did, a, a you know, a, a sort of FaceTime live at the, at, at the very beginning. And it was to do with my book, The Unwelcome Visitor, because that came out um, as, as well at the time. But um, she told me that at the very beginning, you know, that she had tried for months to get an appointment with Matt Hancock to discuss the mental health impact of what they were doing. Yeah. And he wouldn't even uh, he wouldn't even pay her any heed whatsoever. So, um, but, you know, the fact that then it did end up with Matt Hancock in a broom closet with his lover. I know it wasn't a broom closet, but which always looked like that on the photos, wherever it was and how he had the fucking audacity to say, I fell in love when we were kept from those we love for a year. It's fucking disgusting. And everyone... He's going to catch up with him. He's well, got to. Anyway. There's going, there's going to be more coming out. More. Anyway. Um, to those of you who've stuck with me for 37 minutes, I applaud you. Um, thank you very much. And, um, and uh, yeah, th- thank you. And send us any thank feedback. You. Thank you for got... listening. I would absolutely love love feedback, good or bad. You know, whichever side, side of the coin you were on. Um but um, I would imagine that people tuning into my podcast are going to be people. But the thing is, there's a lot of people who support me and like me generally and didn't like me through that time. Yeah. As opposed to some people who would never listen to a damn word I said yeah. and then did agree with with, 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 with what, what I said. But it did show me that I will always be prepared to put my head above the parapet. I'm never going to be somebody that just pushes other people forward to say something. And if that works to my detriment, then so be it. And if I did lose work as a result of it, then so be it. It's a bit like when I was first talking out about mental health and people who were concerned for me said, I've said this a million times, oh, you don't want to be talking about that. People will think you're mad and you'll lose work. Don't give a shit because I wouldn't want to work with those people anyway. So anyway. Good for you, darling. for some luck. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) 
So guys, if there's anything that you've ever heard me talking about that you'd like to hear more of, or indeed anything you can suggest that me, DK and Lincoln can bring to the table, contact me on deniswelshpod at gmail.com. And um, indeed, if you've got any questions, ask away. We'd love to hear from you. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.